Well, welcome to Infuse Church. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Gary, uh, along with my lovely wife Jane. We pastor the church here, got a great team around us. Um, so good to be in the house of God this morning. Um, really appreciate uh, you coming out and being a part of our service this morning and, uh, and uh, leaning into all that God has got for us this morning. Are you ready for the word? Uh, let me try, let's try that again. Uh, are you ready for the word this morning? Okay, there we go. Sparked up. Good, cool. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the power of your word that brings liberty, that brings freedom, that is the breakthrough that we need, Lord. I thank you that your word is like a hammer. It can crush the hard places that we face, but also the places in our hearts and lives that need to be uh, crushed as well so that you can form something with them, Lord. I thank you that your word is like a fire, that it burns within us, Lord. It burns up the rubbish of our lives, but it also purifies as well. I thank you that your word is like a, a, a something that just in, in energizes us. It fills us. It overflows us in a powerful way. And I thank you that today, as a result of your word, that our lives are transformed, that we can actually do what you're asking us to do, Lord, that there is an expression of our faith that comes through the things that we do for you. And I pray that there's a huge response uh, from your word today because you, Holy Spirit, breathe upon this word that you put into my heart to deliver to your people today. And I pray that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So we are continuing uh, this whole theme of Arise. Arise is something that God put on my heart uh, at the start of the year. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard me say that before. If you haven't, you haven't been in church for a very long time. Um, but it's something God put on my heart at the start of the year, this word arise. I felt like the word arise was for this entire year. So I've been unpacking that in various different ways throughout this year. And uh, so uh, it came out of the, um, the verse, uh, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. It says, arise. Everyone say arise. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. When I, f I, I felt this word arise come into my heart at the start of the year, I felt five very definite statements that God wanted me to unpack this year. They were activating our connections, ramping up our worship, investing our gifts, and we were stretching our faith and we were going to engage our communities. And if you are really smart and savvy, like I know all of you are, you would have figured out that the first letter of every one of those statements says arise because you guys are so switched on so uh, if you want to uh, unpack any of those sorts of messages uh, check out our youtube channel and you'll see all the information that you'll need there today we're going to look at that uh, the fifth letter in arise which is about engaging with our communities so we are going to engage with our communities arise means actually getting our eyes off of ourselves to see others as God sees them. Uh, if you know anything about me, I love being in our community and talking about Jesus. I love being in the various arenas. I, on a Saturday morning, I'm in the park run. I'm known as the faster pastor, okay? <laughs> uh, although I haven't been very fast lately. And it's going to be a while again before I am fast, okay? Um, uh, I'm in the Mount Barker business group. Uh, I'm the deputy chair of that group. We have probably 50 to 60 different businesses that come along on a fortnightly basis on a Friday morning. And I'm there representing the church. I'm re representing Jesus in that, uh, that space. 
and I, I'm starting to see, like I'm doing a, a, a wedding for one of the, the people that goes along to the business group. They've asked me to do the wedding. You know, there, there's uh, people that are approaching me. Uh, they've got different issues that are happening within their lives or in their families, and they're coming to me, and they say, how do we, what, what advice could you, and I just, I'm, I'm tell, hey, look, I'm a man of, of faith. You've got to know that. I'm going to pray for you. Do you mind if I pray for you? They know, oh, no, you can pray. Okay, let's do it now. Well, now. Okay, so don't be frightened. If God opens a door, and you know, you say you're going to pray for someone, just bang, open the door, kick it in. Like, just go for it. Start praying, lay hands on them, and maybe not do that, but um, I just felt like I needed to do that. So uh, just want to say that this is what engaging our community is all about. One of the greatest ways that to, to arise and to lift our spirits is actually to share God's love with someone. There's an energy that floods your spirit, that floods your soul as you begin to share about God's love. I can tell you right now, your, your faith will go to another level when you lead someone to Jesus. When you sit down with them, you say, look, you know, have you ever thought about giving your heart to Jesus? Is there anything stopping you? No, no. Well, how about we do it right now? It doesn't matter where you are, in the coffee shop, sitting on a bench at a playground as you're taking your kids there, or maybe it's at school drop-off. Maybe young people today, it's you're, you're on the footy over, you're having a bit of a kick with your mates at the school, and, and just right there, right there, right there, just open up the door. And invite Jesus into that moment and ask the, your, your mates, your buddies, your pals, your friends uh, to invite Jesus into your, your heart. So today we're going to focus on going outward. This is all about looking outward, engaging our communities and going from being a container of God's blessing to being a conduit of His blessing. From being a reservoir of His grace to being a river of His grace. From being a recipient of God's love to our responsibility to share God's love with people around about us. And when uh, the eyes of our heart have been opened to God's love, it changes us. Is anyone who's, who's experienced the love of God the same as when you were before? Is anyone here? Because I would question our salvation if that was the case. Because I believe that the love of God changes us. Is there any witness here in this morning? God's love, it changes us. I'm not the same. A lot of people say, praise God. And I'm saying the same about you. I'm saying, praise God, you're not the same. Because, cool, you needed to be changed. I'm kidding. I, you do need to be at school. See, now that our eyes have been opened to God's love, it's our turn to help open the eyes of others so that they too can experience God's love for themselves. God's love isn't complete in us until his love flows through us. And we need to understand that. 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 to 12 says, Beloved, if God loves us so very much, we also ought to love one another. No man has yet at any time yet seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is brought to completion, to its full maturity, run its full course, is perfected in us. See, what I want to do this morning is to, 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 to challenge us. But I want to do it from something that, that Jesus did when he was on the earth over 2,000 years ago. And I want us to look at Luke chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. And I'm going to read this out. And this is out of the Amplified Bible <clears throat> that I'm reading from. It says uh, from uh, verse 10, Now Jesus was teaching one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So he's in church on a Sunday. Okay? If Jesus was, where do we think we need to be? Just saying. 
So, and there was a woman who for 18 years, 18 years, had had an illness caused by a spirit, a demon. And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are released from your illness. And then he laid his hands on her and immediately she stood erect again and she began glorifying and praising God. I pray for this to happen in everyday life for you and for me. I pray that we lay hands on the sick and such is the miraculous turnaround in their health that suddenly there is a spirit of of worship and, and glorifying God that comes upon them that they get baptized in the Holy Spirit right then and there. That they believe in Jesus so much that they say, look, I want what you've got. And the Spirit of God comes and he just fills them. But the leader of the, the synagogue, he's indignant because Jesus was healed on the Sabbath. He began saying to the crowd in response, there are six days in which to, you know, to work or to be done. And so come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. In other words, don't do a godly thing on a Sunday. I mean, what were you thinking? Coming to church and thinking that you could get healed like on a Sunday. Like, like Hello. But the Lord replied to him, you hypocrite, play actors, pretenders. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? And this woman, a daughter, a descendant of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he was saying this, all his opponents were being humiliated and the entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things that were being done by him. Father, I thank you for this word coming alive in your people today. I want to give us five challenges this morning about how we can engage our communities. Are you up for a challenge? Okay, if you are, I want, to say, I want you to say right now and pray, Lord, I accept and embrace these challenges today. Okay, remember you prayed that. It's your fault. It's your, it's your fault, all right? Okay. Number one, first challenge. Okay, Jesus looked around. Jesus looked around. Jesus is in the synagogue and he's teaching. He's teaching scripture. And in this crowd, there is a woman. And a woman who has been crippled and bent over and unable to stand for 18 years. Jesus saw her. He noticed her. I want to tell you this morning that God intimately knows our lives. He know, it's so intimately he knows our lives that every hair on our head is numbered. And when one of them gets bent out of shape, he notices. He notices. No one notices people like Jesus does. He sees others that we don't see. Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 says when he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. This is talking about Jesus. His, his heart broke, so confused and aimless were they were like a sheep without shepherd. See, Jesus saw them. Jesus notices them. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus sees you. Jesus notices you. He knows what you're going through. He's aware of your circumstances. He's, he knows intimately what's happening in your heart. He knows what's happening in your mind. He knows what's happening with your body. He knows what's happening with your relationships. He knows what's happening with your finances. He knows what's happening in your workplace. Young people, he knows what's happening with your teacher. He knows what's happening with your friends. He knows what's happening in and around about you. 
Jesus sees and Jesus notices things that are going on. Attention, if you're not aware of this, attention is one of the most powerful forces in the world. I read this recently. Psychologists have studied how the, the, the attention relates to infants. They've concluded that for a baby to grow up healthy with good social skills, that a baby has to have not only food and water, but the attentive gaze of a human face. As an infant lies on its back looking up, at an, an attentive adult looks back and smiles, the baby engages a response for the very first time and knows that as they smile and respond, someone responds, that what that baby does counts. Psychologists speak of this phenomenon as something called attunement. There is an attunement that's going on, that a baby begins to understand that they can be connected in and in tune with another human being. In fact, it is the attentive gaze of that face that says to that child that they matter. There is a connection that happens when we pay attention to people. Why do you think I'm out there uh, most Sundays and I'm waving to people? It's because I want to get people's attention and I want to communicate to them when I'm waving at them. I've seen you. You're not invisible. You matter to God. He made me wave at you to recognize that you're alive and that you can't hide from God. Why we've got to look around, like Jane and I, when we go for a walk sometimes in the middle of the day, most people that we walk past, we would say, hi, good morning, how are you? Why? Because we want people to see and know that they are important enough to be recognized and to speak a word of grace, a word of love. Now, I can tell you the reactions are many and varied that we get back, but it's not about their reaction. It's about us saying to them, we've seen you, you matter, and you're valuable. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. What a, I reckon they should do a song about this. <laughs> the, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. This is a powerful piece, isn't it? This is such good, good stuff. I'm, I'm glad it's in the Bible. The Lord turn his face toward, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. When the Lord turns his face to us, he's giving us his attention. When we turn towards someone and give our undivided attention to someone, we are saying to them that they matter. I've stopped what I was doing and I have seen you. I have seen you. You matter. Jesus is in the synagogue and his eyes catch the eyes of this crippled woman and he faces her, she has got his attention. She matters to Jesus. One of the most powerful things that we can do for others is to see them. To see them. There's all kinds of people just waiting to be noticed. There are all sorts of people that are wanting to know that they are valuable that they mean something to someone, so much so that we actually see them. They look at us and on the outside everything looks great. They're fine, but on the inside people are dying, wanting people to see them, wanting to be noticed, wanting to be significant enough for someone to say, hey, you all right? 
Yeah, really good. You need to ask the second one then. Now, how are you really? Because that says to them, you've stopped, you've seen, and now you're digging just a little bit deeper. It's up to them if they, they open up and, and share maybe a little bit. See, what often will happen is that they'll put a little teaser out there just as a bit of a thing to say, I'll, I'll let you know a little bit about what's going on in my world. But I want to see if you're going to chomp on this and take the bait to dig deeper than that. And that's in that moment that we start to go to a whole new level in relationship together and openness and hope and faith arising in people's hearts. If we were discerning and could pick up the clues, we would hear the cry of their spirit say, do you see me, the real me? Lots of people around us put up walls, but in their loneliness and their quiet desperation, they long to be noticed and to be loved. Many in our world feel unacceptable, valueless, unlovable, unforgivable, and deep down there's a quiet, desperate cry that someone would see and would notice them. We have to slow down, church, because the people that are in those places, we need to, to just like slow down because the speed of our lives is taking us past them so fast that we miss an opportunity that God has brought our way. We need in that moment to just slow down. So here's your first challenge this morning, your first challenge. I want you this week to look people in the eye and smile. Okay? See, there are people here today that are thinking, that's rocket science. Okay, how on earth can I do that? It's, it's really... <laughs> I did brain surgery right there. <laughs> just, just see them. Look them in the eye. Smile. Just look them in the eye and smile. Slow down, take a breath. Young people, if you see someone in the playground or at your school and they're sitting alone, just go up to them. Just sit with them. Hey, how you doing? Just, just in that moment. Number two. Jesus took a risk. Jesus saw this lady... But then he took a risk to speak to her, calling her forward. Jesus took a risk socially and politically in speaking with this woman. And when we choose to demonstrate a bold, reckless and radical love of Christ to someone, sometimes it's going to be risky. In a world that's infected by fear and lockdowns, our tendency is to quarantine or isolate our lives and our families, but that's not how God wants us to live. Jesus wants us in our communities. He wants us in our schools. He wants us at the footy ovals and taking a risk to share God's love with them. When we take a risk to reach out and love people... <clears throat> We may get rejected. We may get stepped on. And people may take us for a ride. And we may occasionally get hurt when we step out to do this. 
But C.S. Lewis said this, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Matthew chapter 5, verse 46 says, if you love only the people who love you, you'll get no reward. Even tax collectors do that. He goes on to say, if you're nice only to your friends, you're no better than other people. Even those who don't know God are nice to their friends. So as a Christian, what makes you stand out from the rest? It's that we love the unlovely. It's that we love those who are hurting. We love those that smell different from us. We love those that look different from us. We love those that eat food different from us. We love those whom other people don't love. What could cause us to take those kinds of risks? Well, Paul answered that very question. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, for Christ's love compels us to do that. That's why we do it. It's the love of Jesus because when God's love invades our lives, we are willing to take some risks to help it invade the lives of others. So here's the second challenge. Are you ready for your second? Not first, what, first challenge was to see people and smile. Second challenge is this. This week, I want you to take a risk on someone. Connect with them. Speak to them. Pray for them in that moment. Take a risk. Take a risk. Get out of the boat and take a risk. Anyone going to do that this week? Okay. I've got a lot more preaching to do because there's about, oh, I'd say 80% didn't put your hand up. All right. So point number three, challenge number three, Jesus reached out. Jesus reached out. See, love gives and love reaches out. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8, it says, I'm not saying you must do it, even though the other churches are eager to do it. Now, Paul is talking about an offering that was taken up for a, 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 another church, okay? So he's talking about taking up this offering. He says that, uh, it, it, not, I'm not saying you must do it, even though the other churches are eager to do it. This is one way, he says, to prove that your love is real. So he's saying to this church, one way to, to prove that our love for God is real is that we give to others. We do something to prove that our love is real. And Jesus in this instant, when he's reached out to this lady, has, re has, has, has reached out, he's proven that his love is real by reaching out to her. See, love reaches out. Jesus saw the crippled woman. He's taken a risk and called her forward and then he's reached out to her and he's laid his hands on her and Jesus spoke to her and she was healed in that moment. See, Jesus reaches out to this woman in three very distinct ways. Number one, Jesus saw her. He noticed her. He paid attention to her. Secondly, he spoke to her. Proverbs 18.21 says, There is life and death in the power of the tongue. So to speak of Jesus is to speak of life, to release life in that moment. Jesus speaks life to this woman by calling her a daughter of Abraham, a daughter of one of the most famous men in all of, uh, of, of Israel, a Jewish man. Abraham, what an incredible honor for her to be spoken to in that, those terms by, by Jesus. And in a world where people are beaten up and put down, we have the unbelievable privilege of speaking life to people and showing them that they matter to God. Are you wanting a, a very practical, very real way of you being able to, to, to reach out to, to people today? Okay, I'm preaching to these three here. So guys, what I want you to do, all right, is this. 
I want you to grab your, I'm serious, every one of us now, either grab a piece of paper or your iPhone or something that you can make a record of. Right, if I was to ask you to think of someone in your world and someone comes immediately to your mind, who is that person? Write that name down. Okay, what I want you to do then is to ask yourself this question, is this, what would Jesus say to that person? I want you to write that down. And then, here's the really scary bit, okay? This is where we are reaching out. I want you to make contact with that person and say, hey, I was at church today. Yeah, I go to church, yeah. I go to church. Every, every, yeah, well, most Sundays. Oh, okay. What, what happened? Well, I was at church today, and the preacher was banging on about something, and, and just your main name came to mind. And I, I just felt like I had to write it down. Oh, really? Okay. But there's more. There's more. Yeah, I felt like, actually, God gave me something to share with you. Oh, that's interesting. I'm glad you said that. Here's what he said. He says he loves you. He says he knows who you are. He knows the struggles that you're going through. And he just simply said, I'm here if you need me. <laughs> I'm no one special. You can say it a lot better than I could. But that's one simple, very practical, very real, very easy way that we can reach out to the people around about us. It's recognizing that I've seen you. I'm going to take a risk. I'm just going to get out there. I'm going to reach out. Take a risk. Get it out there. And touch that person. Thirdly, the distinct way that Jesus touched this woman was Jesus put his hands on her. He touched her. I want to say that like with technology today, it is actually possible to live our lives without being touched by another single person in this world. And how bad is that? What a travesty. Add to that the fear of abuse, maybe mistreatment and a pandemic, and the results are that we are much more withdrawn, isolated and unwilling to reach out than ever before. And I've got to tell you that the Church of Jesus Christ is an outreach organism. We are a church that's alive. Jesus reaches out and he touches this woman. Jesus knew the power of touching people physically, emotionally, and relationally. And he did it without expecting a single thing in return. And here is your third challenge. Your third challenge is this. This week, I want you to touch someone. Touch someone this week, either physically, emotionally, or relationally. What do I mean by that? Well, physically, try giving them a hug. Like, you know, like just give them a hug. Give them a cup of coffee or something. Emotionally, just be there for someone. Just in the moment, just like be there for someone. And relationally, here's something really like revelatory today, okay? How about you just invite them into your group of friends? Make a friend of them. Open up, uh, like if you're out in the cafe in a, uh, after church, don't just sit down with all the normal people that you would sit down with, but invite someone new into the group. Pull up another chair. Just invite someone into that group. If you're out in the community or whatever, just invite someone into your group. Young people, if you just hang around with a certain crowd at times, open up your crowd of friends. Invite someone into your group. 
Get them in relationally. Touch them in that way. Number four, Jesus expected criticism. (laughs) Here we go. Jesus expected criticism. It didn't catch him by surprise. Okay? So when we show love, uh, not everyone is going to stand up and applaud us. Okay? Look at the news media, social media, how quickly they race to the stuff that pulls Christians down and churches down and, and things like that. Luke 13 verse 14 says, Indignant because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, there's six days for work, so get healed on those days, not the Sabbath. Think about how ridiculous this is really for the moment. We don't do miracles on Sundays. Like, I'd be happy to see a a miracle on a Monday. You know, I'd be happy to see a miracle on a Friday. I'd be happy to see a miracle on Sunday. Luke 13, verses 14 to 15, Jesus says, You hypocrites, don't, te- don't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and donkey or from the store and then lead it out to give it water. Then shouldn't this woman, the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? See, Jesus was a fanatic about putting people first. He put them above human traditions and rituals. Jesus had great patience with people who were broken, hurting, and seeking. And Jesus was often criticized for the kind of people that he hung around. See, Jesus hung around people that uh, were different, tax collectors and, and sinners and, and people who drink too much and stuff like that. In Luke seven thirty four, it says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking. You say, look at him, he eats too much. And he drinks too much wine. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus refused to let his critics sidetrack him from showing radical acts of love. And here's your fourth challenge. Your fourth challenge is this. Don't let the critics stop you from speaking up and reaching out. Don't let the external critic and don't let the internal critic. Don't let the internal critic stop you. Oh, well, what if, what if, what? You can play the what if game until your cows come home. But don't let that internal critic stop you. Just step out and take a risk. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. That's how you spell faith. You just take a risk. Number five, my last point, is that Jesus seized the moment. Just as the team come back, Jesus seized the moment. Jesus was likely to never speak in this synagogue again and likely never to speak to this woman again apart from when she comes to be in glory with him. Yet he notices her, he takes a risk, he reaches out to her despite the criticism. Jesus wouldn't let the opportunity go without seizing the moment to show a spontaneous burst of love for someone who was in need and it changed her life forever. 1 John 3.18 says, My dear children, let's not just talk about love, let's practice real love. My encouragement to us today is to seize the moment. We can look at all of our world today and be paralyzed by the needs of so many. And we can say, well, I can't respond to everyone or meet everyone's need. And that's absolutely true. But we can meet someone's need. And generally, all God's asking you to do is to meet the need of the person that's directly in front of you. The person that he caught your eye with at the shops. Young people, the person that was walking through the school 
you know, carrying their books. He was the, that person was the person that you just caught your attention. Seize the moment. It's someone that God brings into our world, into our life, that we can meet their need. Here's the fifth challenge, the last challenge today. Seize the moment and meet a need this week. Step out of the boat and seize the moment. That's what I just want to challenge us with those five challenges today. In engaging with our communities to arise and to engage our community, get our eyes off of ourselves and onto the people in our community, the people that we're working with and, and, and playing with and, and that whole deal. To, to engage with our communities is just going to take us five simple challenges to engage with someone, a people group this week. To look around and see people, to take a risk, to get out of the boat, to reach out, to touch people physically, emotionally or relationally. To not be afraid of criticism. We can get criticized for so much, but what a, an absolute privilege it is to be criticized for standing up for Jesus. Criticized for sharing our faith. And then simply seizing the moment. There is too much at stake. You know, I've said many times that each one of these chairs represents a story. And as a church, our responsibility has got nothing to do with filling these chairs with people, but rather populating heaven with the souls of men and women and boys and girls that need Jesus. It's not about coming and joining a church. Don't get me... Okay, they need to be in a church. And I, I really don't care as long as they're a spirit-filled, Bible-based, you know, church. I, I don't mind where they go. In fact, I pray regularly for the, the churches in the Adelaide Hills and around our nation. I believe in the KOG, the kingdom of God, because I believe it's absolutely vital. But my greater priority is to populate heaven. That's why I'm still here on the earth. Why, when we get born again, don't we go straight up to heaven? Because there's people that still need Jesus. We've got to engage our communities to arise in this moment. And speaking of arising, how about we stand? Just before I pray, I want to uh, give a big plug for next Sunday. Next Sunday is our Missions Sunday. We're focusing on schools ministry group. And uh, going to just uh, highlight the work that they do in the schools uh, across the Adelaide Hills here. It's a part of our local mission that we actually outreach to. And uh, I know that we've taken up an offering for Afghanistan today. Uh, but I also want to make a mention that we will be taking up a special uh, offering next Sunday to support the work of Schools Ministry Group to do that. It's, it's another, another way that we can actually engage with our community because schools ministry group are right there in the schools, primary schools and high schools, and they are actually putting on Christian programs to be able to help to uh, bring people to Christ, to, to highlight Christ in our schools. It, it not only ministers to the students, it ministers to the teachers and to the parents as well. And that's something we want to support as a church to get into the schools through the schools ministry group. So we'll be taking up a special love offering for that. So please come prepared. I know that you are a generous people. And uh, we've seen that so many times that you're, you're so generous. And we just want to uh, lean into that uh, next Sunday. So thank you for that. 
But uh, I just want to spend a moment and, and just pray for people today. I, I want to pray for people that find it really hard to share your faith this morning. You just find it that it's, it's, a, it's a massive stretch for you. you. You just feel like maybe you're not qualified enough. You Maybe you're not, you don't know enough of the Bible. Uh, can I tell you the only prerequisite is you just love Jesus. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. So is there anybody here this morning? You just find it really hard to share your faith. with Just put your hand up. I just want to pray for you this morning. Okay. There's a number of people around about. Okay. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for doors to open for these folks today in Jesus' name. For this week, opportunities to simply and easily share their faith. It's just like it's just a, a continuance of a conversation that they may be having with someone or to even instigate a conversation with someone around faith. Lord, that they would see someone, that they would take a risk, they'd reach out, Lord God, despite the criticism and then seize the moment. Father, help them to do this and by the power of your Holy Spirit, make it something that compels them. There's a love, your love that compels them to do this. It's something that, that can't be stopped. They've got to, they've got to, they've got to reach out and to speak to that person. And I thank you for the uh, others around of, our, of us that, Lord, uh, have no problem with this. I pray that you also give them opportunity as well. Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name today. Every head's bowed and every eye closed. I don't know everybody here. I don't know where you come from. I don't know where you are in the journey of faith. But I want to give you an opportunity right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because I want to tell you that Jesus sees you. And He is calling out to you. He's taking a risk on you. He's, he took a risk in going to Calvary for you. To connect you with heaven itself. So that you could go to heaven and be with the Heavenly Father for eternity. That's the sort of God that we're talking about today. And if you don't know Jesus, maybe online as you're watching this YouTube uh, thing, uh, just if, if you need Jesus, I invite you to now just say, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Would you make yourself real to me today? Come into my heart. I'm sorry about the way I've lived. I want to live for you from this moment forward. And I want to do what you called me to do. Give me the ability to speak about you to my family and friends as well. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said...